0: dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Gentlemen, it's, uh, it's really great to see you. I, I gotta tell you though, I've sort of kind of in a way, been like dreading this a little bit. Yeah. In the sense that we got to talk about the Blues losing, we got to talk about the season being over and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. That's and a you bummer, know, right? it, is,
0: it is absolutely a bummer.
1: Yeah, it yeah. stinks.
0: It stinks. You know, I guess what
1: what bothers me the most, and it's just the fact that the Blues, if healthy, the big word, if, 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 and I know people are like, well, if my aunt had ball, she'd be my uncle. No, I get it. I understand that. It'd be kind of weird. Uh, at family functions, or are different anyways, nonetheless. But um, if the Blues had a healthy Tory Krug, if they had a healthy Jordan Bennington, I guarantee that thing goes to seven. I cannot guarantee that they beat the Avalanche because that's a pretty darn good hockey team. But I guarantee it goes to seven and the Blues would have had a chance to advance. And now watching how this is unfolding... The Blues would have wiped their asses with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. I don't care how good McDavid and Dreisaitl are. Look at last night. The Avalanche finally decided to play some defense, and the Oilers couldn't do anything. What was the final for, for that? Because I know, because Kemper didn't play last night, right? 4 oh. <laughs> nothing. <Pavel, laughs> oh, boy. Well, Pavel Fransous is having himself a little bit of a run here. Right. He's, a, he's a good goalie. Yeah. yeah great. I uh, would have been happy to play against him uh if I was the St. Louis Blues but he did a good job the Avalanche did a great job taking away the middle of the ice last night uh, they limited the damage for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl uh, and, and it looks kind of like they figured it out Mike Smith unfortunately that guy's really hard to hit with a puck mm-hmm. and so the Oilers are in tough Well, so-
2: I tell you we are watching the game last night though <laughs> who they are that's two fast teams oh it's Holy like you cow. have it in
1: it's like you know when you have your your TV and you have the fast forward and uh, there's like one arrow, two arrows, three arrows, right? <laughs> right. They're like the two arrows. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I like, did, did the dog step on the remote? I saw,
0: some, <laughs> I, saw, I, saw say, I saw
2: somebody on Twitter said, and you guys probably saw it too, that if it goes to overtime, McDavid- and McKinnon should each chug a beer, and
0: it's just 1v1 until somebody scores. (laughs) That would be incredible. Uh, Who would turn away from that? You know, here's one thing I do want to say a a bit about the the playoffs. And I know, you know, when it comes to things like this, I don't mean to sound like an old-school guy by any stretch of the imagination. I understand that the NHL, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, they want a higher-scoring league, they want goals, they want excitement. But... (laughs) Okay, that's fine. But, like, I feel like some of these games are playoff games, and the scores are astronomically high, and I would just, you know, like to maybe see some defense. I don't know. You know when you
2: have
1: Wayne Gretzky going, play
0: some defense,
1: (laughs) something is wrong.
0: Well, the first game
1: of the Avs-Oilers series... That reminded me of like 1985, 1986. Whoever touched the puck last was going to win because yeah. they had the last shot on net. I was trying to do some work, getting ready for hockey camps next week, and you know all that. By the way, for uh, what synergy hockey skills? Do so You guys have a website of any sort? Yes. Yeah, wait
0: for us to find out about you know if if we you know want to use that or have right, kids yeah. that need that. Yeah, sure.
1: well if anybody has kids that want to go to camps or lessons this summer, uh, synergyhockeyskills.com. dot we still have some spots available. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We do Monday to Friday camps. There's three hours of ice every day, and the small group sessions are an hour at a time. And you can kind of pick your own time slot. So, uh, I
2: know people who have sent their kids through there, and it's phenomenal. Well, yeah, and you phenomenal. know,
0: what, and you know what else too, man. As a dad, you you, and as a parent, you get concerned about these types of things sometimes with sports camps. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a guy that's going to be screaming at my kid about whatever? Well,
2: here's another thing, too. Just because you just had had an NHL career doesn't mean you know what you're doing to coach other people. This is a guy who who uh, works out with the Blues players when they're coming back from injury and things like
0: that. And so. you know, I know that he does the balance of fun and, you know, like skills the right way, man. You're still there to have freaking fun, right? Yeah,
1: you provide structure. You make sure the kids know what's expected. And then, look, I, I'm I'm having just as much fun as anybody. Anybody who knows me knows my personality. I like to have a good time. Um, we have fun, but not at the expense of getting better and working hard. And my biggest thing is, you know, work hard, have fun, get better. That's you get it.
2: better. That's the fun part, too. A hundred percent. Yeah. He taught me how to skate backwards. I did. That's yeah, nice. Uh, He found me a hill that was frozen. (laughs) Yeah, and I just pushed him, but still, either way.
1: But anyways, I was doing work for camps and all that stuff that uh, are starting up next week, and my office, the way it's set up, I can kind of sort of see the, the main TV. And I just kept hearing, and then then boo and boo. I'm like, what the hell? I thought my kids were like jacking around, like rewinding and rewatching goals. No, it was like McKinnon, McDavid, McKinnon, McDavid, ranting in dry Drysile. I'm like, what is going on in there? Is goaltending optional? For <laughs> right, right.
0: They got the goal flipped around, you know, because they don't have the other they, goaltender. They're playing six skaters each, <laughs> right? So does does Edmonton win a game in this series, Jamie? Oh yeah, they do. Oh, they do. Okay.
1: They do. They're going to go back up to Edmonton, and that's a tough place to play. It is, and that place right now is electric. They're going to fill that building with people. There are going to be a hundred thousand people outside watching on the big screen. It's a whole other environment. Connor McDavid, he's going to kick it into a new gear. Uh, I would. I personally predict that the others win Game Three. Uh, I think it goes six games. Okay, so you think they'll get a couple? Yeah, I think it goes six games. Uh, you know, Pavel Francouz, he's still a very big question mark. And if McDavid and will kind of uh, figure out what the Avalanche are doing defensively, and they start to create more chances,
0: probably going to score some goals. It's going to be tough to, going to be tough to, you know, run the table if you're the Avalanche. Do the New York Rangers have a chance to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning and dethrone uh, that? To me, at this point, if you're betting against Tampa Bay, you're not doing it right. Because they've they just continued to show that they're unbelievable. But the Rangers, man, I mean, they've got a little spark Holy in them.
2: Cow. Every time you sit there and go, okay, maybe Tampa Bay can do something here, then there's another two. You just shake your head and there's two more goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: the
1: Rangers got a good team. And Gerard I, they,
2: they're sneaky good on offense. They I are really, sneaky honestly, good. You
1: don't realize, you know, Chris Kreider had, what, 57 goals this year, and you still got Artemi Panarin. Zabanajad has been on fire. And then they're getting a lot of help from, like, some of their supporting cast. They're getting that uh, secondary scoring wave of guys. And defensively, they play very solid. And Igor Shosturkin, the goalie, he's been great. So they, they've got a sneaky good team. But I do think Tampa wins this series, ultimately. Really? I think that they win it in six or seven. Um, you know, they'd been sitting around for like a week before mm-hmm. that first game where the Rangers, they just finished a very emotional uh, series against the Carolina Hurricanes. They were ready to roll. So I, I see Tampa winning this. And what sucks for Tampa is they're without Braden Point right now, and he was you know, one of the most dominant players in last year's playoff run. So we'll see how they, how they uh, make up for that loss. But I do think Tampa refocuses here and says, okay, we've been down this road before, guys. Like, that's the thing is nothing surprises them now. Well, we lost game one. Big deal. You got to win four. Right. You know? And so John Cooper, all these guys that have been there for two or three years now, they're like, oh, okay. We got it. (laughs) No right. big deal.
2: We we remember what to do <laughs> right. from the last. Call yeah, of we know years. how this goes. This. I only I only saw the uh, the highlight of it, but Maroon and uh, Ryan Reeves kind of going after each other a little bit. That's pretty entertaining as
1: well. It's fun. Yeah, I mean the big rig. He knows what he's doing up there. Right. Right? You at yeah. the end of the game, your team lost game one, trying to fire up the guys and get the get the energy going for game two. Big Rig goes out there, causes some chaos. Ryan Reeves is always happy to oblige at that point. Those guys are going to get after it for the rest of the series. It's entertaining. It I, reminded me of playoff hockey. I, re- I read more than one person on Twitter going,
2: oh, that's Ryan Reeves getting into Maroon's head for the rest of the series. I don't think you can get in Pat Maroon's head. No. No, not much does. For a couple yeah. of different
1: reasons. Right. <laughs> not <laughs> that, much does. That
2: long division, I think. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, no my the Big
1: Rig's an awesome dude. He knows what's going on, yeah. man. You can't get into his head at all because... As soon as you start, he's like, oh, man, I did that three years ago. <laughs> right, you know, right. I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he won't have the reaction that Ryan Reeves wants, I think will frustrate Ryan Reeves a little bit more. And he's going to have to go a little more over the top because Revo likes the show. Too. Yeah. Like he does. He likes the spotlight. I love him as a guy. I yeah. think he's a hell of a player. But he's not afraid to be like, look at me look at me like you see the way he does his lineups and all that like Mm -hmm. he's ready for Broadway literally and so when scuffles happen like that like Revo's always gonna want to be appear like he's you know, the cooler guy, or he's just laughing, acting like it doesn't bother him. It's driving him crazy. And Maroon, he just looks like, you know, he just got done with a Harley rally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Plowed through a keg and he's ready to roll, Thursday beer league. Yeah. Yeah. He got some jack-in-the-box on the way to the ring. You know, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this question after the season ended so abruptly last week. But, you know, when you are a team as good as the Blues and the expectations are as high as they are with, with this team, When you look at them finishing in the final eight, is that a disappointment of a season? Is that a successful season? How do you look at this? Because expectations are way different now than they were before. I
1: think the St. Louis Blues are one of the top four teams in the NHL. They didn't get past the Avalanche, who quite honestly could win the Stanley Cup this Mm -hmm. year. So what does that say about your team? You pushed it to six games, probably could have been seven games. You're missing some guys. If you played the Blues against the Oilers, they beat the Oilers. They beat the Flames. They beat all these other teams. So the top two teams in the conference truly were the Avalanche and the Blues, which puts them in the top four teams in the NHL. Mm. That's a friggin' success, man. Right? Absolutely. You know you you had injuries you were battling. I know every team has injuries that they're going through, but I, I think that the Blues are one of the top four teams in the NHL. Should guys have had? Should some guys have had better post seasons? Well, yeah, but the other teams have something to say about that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, they're geared up and they're looking to shut guys down. And, you know, Barbie and Shannon didn't have the greatest postseason. Shannon, we find out now, broke his ribs three times throughout the season, torn oblique, like... The guy just keeps on going. And even before I knew all that, I was willing to forgive Shanner for anything as far as offense is concerned, because he he's just such a gritty guy. He does so much for your hockey club that it doesn't matter all the all the time that if he gets on the score sheet or not. You know, he's a guy that doesn't have to hit the score sheet to know that he played that game. Mm-hmm. And there's other guys, some Robert Thomas took him quite a while to get going, got to two goals in one game. But yeah, all of this stuff is learning material for this team. I think this team is in a great position moving into next season. And if you want to get yourself
2: in a good mood about the team moving into the next uh, next season, I think it was Luke Korak on Twitter sent the link out uh, Q and A with him and Ryan uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and Ryan O'Reilly is just pumped about this specific roster. Like, you know, I think he's got, what, one more year left on his he's contract. he one year, which he's is going to, to be go interesting. Anywhere, you know, which is the right thing to say. But he and Doug Armstrong are both saying, we got ourselves a pretty decent core here. We don't have to
1: do much. No, you don't. You don't. I think that there are some moves that can be made. Look, if Doug Armstrong wants to stand pat and say, we're not trading Vladdy. He's going to play out his career here, his, his contract, rather. And then we'll see if we can re-sign him. If not, then, you know, shake his hand and say, thank you for your service. And everybody else, he's going to bring back David Perron. That's a marriage that's going to happen, mm-hmm. probably around the three million dollar range. That's what I would assume. That three years, nine million, three per year. I would give that. I would absolutely give that to David Perron. Um, and, and then what, Nick Letty? Maybe you sign him, maybe you don't. You see how that works out, depending on what he wants. I think you really liked it here. I think you could make that marriage happen. You may have to get rid of one salary that's still lingering around, whether that's a, know, a way, Scandella, whether it's a forward, whether it's somebody to make some room for salary cap issues. But you could essentially bring back almost the exact same team next season, which is a good thing because yeah. they had a really good season, 109 points, one of the best seasons in Blues franchise history. Or... Maybe Army shifts gears He says he's not going to But usually that means Army's got a whole bunch of stuff Going on behind the curtain that nobody sees Right, And if he shifts gears and decides to trade Vladimir Tarasenko Or make a trade on defense Or you know go out and try to acquire a big name player And bring him in and all, all of a sudden that changes And maybe your team goes from being a top four To now you're a Stanley Cup contender
0: Whew. Okay, so I have. So, he
2: makes more than me, probably.
0: I, I got so many. I got so many questions here. I, I, I just. I don't even. I honestly don't even know where to start. But I'll, Tarnas, start, I'll start. Energy. Focus. Gonna do my best. Go for it. So, Ville Huso had a tremendous regular season. Uh-huh. Going into the playoffs, he's the number one guy. Obviously, Jordan Bennington catches fire. Things get flipped up. With what happened to Huso in the playoffs, what does that do to his overall value? I would assume it had to maybe hurt it a little bit or does it or, or where? He at least didn't help himself. How are the other teams viewing Ville Huso and do you think he'll be back? Wow, that's a, that's literally two separate questions
1: there. Um, how did it affect? I don't think it really mattered, to really? be honest, because teams that need a goaltender, they're going to look at the fact he got a shutout in his one game. They're going to look at the fact that he had 19 shots in the first period of the one game. He had 18 shots in another. Like, he was under siege. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, and oh, it was a Colorado Avalanche. Would he like a couple of those goals back? Well, yeah, but how about Mike Smith? He'd like seven or eight back. Right, <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. like, yeah. That's kind of what I look at. I look at Nashville. Their goaltending got lit up, too, because Avalanche is such a powerful team. So I am not. I don't think the postseason carries that much weight. Um, but Husso, I don't think he's going to get paid like he thinks he's going to get paid. I think he believes there's a 3 or $4 million payday out there And for he's him. under
2: a million right now, right? 750000
1: okay, yeah. um league minimum. I, I I see if I'm Doug Armstrong and I like the dynamic, maybe I present to Ville Huso a Jordan Binnington situation. And Jordan Binnington signed for like, what, 2.3, 2.4, I think, in two years. Mm-hmm. But he just won a Stanley Cup when he did that. So if I'm Doug Armstrong and go Villy, you're not gonna get that contract. You didn't win me a Stanley Cup. You didn't have a historical run. But you had a great season and we think that over the next two years you can not only solidify yourself with this team, but you can solidify yourself in the NHL so that now you get a kick at the can two years from now, having more on your resume. So you go from maybe a one point seven with the blues to maybe now you're making four or five or six million dollars with the next team you go to. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is if Ville Huso wants to get out there and see test the waters of unrestricted free agency somebody will overpay. The Edmonton Oilers, for example. You don't think that they would be a much better team right now with Ville Huso as their goalie playing against the Avalanche? Yeah, of course they would. So the Oilers are called Several teams that don't have goalies are going to be calling it, and it's going to be a bit of a bidding war, you know, because there's not going to be a tremendous amount of free agent goalies out there. Like Darcy Kemper is going to be unrestricted. A lot of question marks. Mark Andre Fleury is unrestricted, but he, you know, he's a short-term plan. He's a one-year deal for your team, right? Like because these you're th- like, eh, I don't know. So it, somebody will always end up. It's like the housing market right now in St. Louis. Somebody's overpaying right now for a house that they they know is not worth what they're paying for, but they need it, so they're going to spend that
0: money. So then, real quick. So then, if whoso goes. Is it Charlie Lindgren's net to uh, backup net to lose, or do you think they try to go out and get somebody? Or I don't think they'll get somebody. No, because it seems like they have a ton of goaltending. Yeah, depth. I think Charlie Lindgren's
1: contract is up. Um, I think he was a uh, insurance policy in the minors, but he would be an easy guy to re sign on a two way deal. Uh, but I also think that Joel Hofer might be able to make that jump. Next year mm. You know He's the number one goalie In Springfield right now So people always think You know Because Charlie Lindgren Had this little five game run Here in the NHL And we think Wow
0: This sideburns
1: Chucky sideburns yeah, yeah. He's the star in, yeah, He's in not the minors. He's yeah. the second goalie In Springfield so think about that Joel Hofers your number one and by the way, your Springfield Thunderbirds are in the conference finals in the American Hockey League playoffs right now riding that goalie mm. um, So he could be the next guy he could be the next Ville Husso that comes up and plays 20 25 games next year while Jordan Bennington is the number one because I think if nothing else Jordan Bennington reassured us that he really is an elite goaltender. Mm-hmm. yeah you know he, he had a uh, a speed bump halfway through this season don't know why uh, but then when the stakes were the highest, he played out of his mind. And I think that now... I think everybody's kind of relaxed now. They're like, okay... If we lose Huso, we're going to be fine. Whereas before, it's like, oh my God, yeah. right. what are we going to do? We have Bennington for five more years." Now you should be like, "Oh, yeah, damn, we got Bennington hey, for man, five right, more years." Yeah. Baby. So we have <laughs> we, we've talked about
0: this before it, 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 on the podcast, but one of the folks that I have seen just get absolutely destroyed on social media since the Blues lost is uh, Big Double Nickel Number Fifty Five, Colton Pareko, mm-hmm. and I feel like, and Jamie, you said this, so this is not my original thought. I wish I could give you credit, but I. Feel no, like it, it's fine. people are people are pissed th- that he's not a particular style of player that he just is not. He's people not are a pissed big, that He's not
1: Chris Pronger, right, yes. man? And, yeah. and
0: and so 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 what's the what's the thing here? Do we need to get him a little bit better of a partner? Well, I don't have a problem with Colton Pareko. I feel like he's just the defenseman that he is. He's not super physical, but he does other things re- very well, so I, I'm just a little kind of confused about this one a bit.
2: I think it w- the the big glaring thing on him is, if he doesn't do the one pass breakout, everybody jumps on top of him. And the other thing is he's so big, if he's not physical in front of the net, everybody's going to jump on top of him. And Chris Pronger was great at those two things. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: So guys, Colton is not Chris Pronger, okay? Um, Will he be this coming season? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Not many players in the history of the NHL, by the way, were Chris Pronger. Yeah. So let's let's tap the brakes a little bit here. Colton Pareko is a $6.5 million defenseman. He is one of the best shutdown defensemen in the NHL. His size with his speed, his reach, his ability to close out plays puts him in an elite category to where when you put him out there against anybody, you feel very confident that he can shut them down or at least limit their uh, grade A chances. He's not an offensively gifted player. He's not. You know, he, he just doesn't think the game like a Kale McCarr or a Tori Krug or a even Scott Perunovich. He doesn't think the game offensively like that. That doesn't mean he's not a good defenseman. Um he doesn't play physical enough for your standards or for somebody else's standards. I would agree. Okay, if I if I was Colton Pareco at six foot six and his size, there would have been a murder out there. <laughs> it would have been a murder, um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean he's not effective. Okay, I think that Nick Letty was a fantastic partner for him. Calm, cool, collected. Uh, Colton Pareko gets himself in trouble when he stops moving his feet, and I, I know that. I, I assume Mike Van Ryan is talking to him about that. Whenever he just stops and he's looking up the ice to make a pass. The one problem you have with that is you're not forcing anybody to move. So they can cover everybody and they can cover you easily because there's no motion. And that's the one thing my dad taught me when I was really young was every time you get the puck, take two hard strides. Somebody has to come to you, which means somebody should be open. And if they don't come to you, you've got ice available. Take the ice. And the same thing with Colton Pareko. He gets standing behind the net, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. And I understand there's a set breakout that they do, but then he'll get it again where it's D-to-D, and he'll stand inside the blue line in his own zone, and nobody has to move. If I'm Colton Pareko with his speed that he possesses, take two heart strides. Mm-hmm. If if everything shuts down on you, put it off the glass, advance the puck. Hey, guys, you go forecheck. If nobody comes to you, you gain the red line, you keep going, or then you chip it in, and go get the puck. So... I think we just have to wrap our brains around the fact that he's not Chris Pronger. He doesn't. He's not Shea Weber. He's not that big, burly, in-your-face guy. But when you look at the way uh, he shuts down opponents, as far as their goal-scoring opportunities are concerned, he does. He's an elite defenseman that way. So let's use him that way. Let's give him another partner that can play that way. And then let's put the offensive stuff onto Tori Krug, Justin Falk, Scott Perunovich, other guys that it just comes naturally to.
0: You know, it seems it seemed towards the trade deadline, we were all hoping, uh, or a lot of us were hoping, for for Jacob Chikrin and Arizona and for that deal to come to fruition. And it sort of feels as though that one still might be hanging out there as a possibility in the offseason. But the thing about it is, I would think, is it is going to take – a lot to get that guy gotta, out of Arizona. You're going to have
1: to probably part with Scott Perunovich and a Jordan Cairo. Yeah, see, these things, happen. when we were
2: talking before about it, just made me go, no, it's too expensive. It's yeah. too They but want too much. here's what you got to
1: realize about the Jacob Chikrin um, experiment. He makes, what, 4 point something million, dollars, so it's cheap. Uh, he's only 24 years old, so he's only like a year a year and a half older than Scott Perunovich. He's got four years of NHL experience. He... You could, you've got him for another four years. I think on that contract, it's kind of worth it. Really, it's kind of worth Man. it. I, I, I have. Well, it. let me let me rephrase it for you guys. Let's say it's Scott Perunovich and Jacob Chikrin. Perunovich has yet to play a full NHL season, and he's been injured several times in that one season. I, I think he's a phenomenal power play defenseman. To be determined if he can be an everyday defenseman in the NHL defensively. Jacob Chicken is proven. Period. He's uh, he scored 20-some so goals. He's, you, you know,
2: it's the old, you want to hang on to Prunovic to hope he turns into Chickering anyway.
1: But you usually do that when it's like, wow, there's a big age discrepancy, yeah. right? There's a year and a half between these two guys. So huh. you're essentially the same player, except one player is way further along.
0: I, I am uh, mm. I- incredibly frustrated with Jordan Cairo, but I'm also incredibly frustrated that I'm incredibly frustrated with Jordan Cairo because <laughs> he's a young player, right. and I know that this is part of the learning process. But, boy, oh, boy, that second half of the season just – again, I know it's part of the learning process, but when you're talking about, hey, is there a Kachuk out there? Is there a Chickern out there? And if there's a guy that I would be willing to maybe part with, I think he would be one of the ones at this point. Yeah, I don't
1: look, it, I think that he had a phenomenal season. Season yet All-Star season, quite mm-hmm. honestly. And, and things kind of went downhill after the All-Star game for an extended period of time. I did think that he provided some offensive flair in the playoffs. He's one of the only guys that was starting to create offensively out there. Uh, he's got work to do. He's got work to do. Yeah. This is the first year where he's ever really been counted on to be a full-time point producer and everyday player. And so... He lacks structure defensively. The turnovers in the defensive zone are too met, too much. He stops his feet. He turns pucks over. He makes the harder decision, but he's a young kid. There's a ton of upside to this guy. Um, so if I'm the Blues, I continue to work with him. I continue to do the video sessions. I continue to uh, teach all the time. But if there is a Jacob Chikrin or there is a Matthew Kachuk, I would consider adding a Jordan Cairo to those trades Uh, Only for the simple fact that those are massive pieces that your organization will have for many, 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 many years after that. Because if you trade for Matthew Kachuk, you're giving him eight years on a contract extension. If you trade for Jacob Chikrin, you already have four more years under current contract. But those are the only two scenarios where I move Jordan Cairo. I don't move him at all for anything else. Right. Because I'm like, the upside is just tremendous. And the only reason I would move him for a Kachuk is, well, you get 50-some points or 60 points, and Kachuk had 100. Right. And it's like, so if you're doing that swap, per se, then you look at that and you're like, man, we're way to the good on this. And one guy's a franchise-type player, a future captain of your hockey club, or well, the other guy's a project still. But still a really valuable project for your hockey team. And there are teams that are out there that will do that. Do oh, you they know, would you absolutely. Of yeah. course, you look at the point production, look what he co- he, he creates offensively, his he- speed, all the stuff that's sitting there, this is why his name is going to get brought up a ton. But as it sits right now, I hang on to Jordan Kyrou. There's absolutely no reason to trade him unless you're getting an absolute bombshell player on the other side like a Chikrin
0: or a Kachuk. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich did not maybe have the best uh, playoff uh, I'm going to push back. Oh, good. I'm going to push back on that. Just I was just going to ask you. a lot
1: of goals. Okay. He still ended up with 10 points in 12 games. That's Not cool. bad. That's pretty decent. And he was on your yeah. first penalty kill unit. He played on your power play. He played against the other team's tough lines at times. It, it wasn't as dynamic as we saw it throughout the season. And I would have liked to see seen more pucks touch the back of the net from his stick. But he did provide. Okay. He had freaking 10 points in 12 yeah. games. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's always why do I always? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Donnie, honestly, I yeah. understand why because he had a big goose egg for goals for yeah. the longest time, and he didn't get to the front of the net like he did during the race. There were things that happened that weren't, you know, oh that didn't remind me of the regular season. He had a juggernaut offensively, juggernaut season offensively for him, thirty goals, and he was third in team scoring. All this stuff, but we forget that he plays the hard minutes too. Yeah. He's basically a Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he does. He doesn't play quite as much as Ryan O'Reilly does, but he's right there. He plays. He's a t- every situation player, which means that he's doing a lot of other things too. Maybe he got tired. Maybe he got you know. Maybe the matchups were tough. Maybe the Avalanche played him hard. Maybe the Wild were too physical. I don't know what it is, but at least he had ten points. Yeah,
0: yeah
2: and I'm going to go. I know we need to wrap it up here, so I want to go back to where we were at the beginning when you were talking about Braden Shen and and how hurt he played. Yep. Can we start a GoFundMe just to put him in an oxygen tank? <laughs> yeah. All what do we got to do? Long, just lay there and heal, my brother.
0: That guy. Is critical and crucial for this team going forward.
2: That's why I'm willing to pay for at least one eighth of the oxygen chain. (laughs) You know, I'll
0: do the I'll do the best I'll do the best I can to chip in. I don't have you know I don't have morning show money, but I'll do what I can. We don't have that Rizzuto money.
2: Neither does Burton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, I guess it's the off season. That's it. We'll break down more stuff coming up. Yeah, we will, listeners. We'll dive more into each line, each player. We got lots of time to talk about.
2: And you have it. Said exactly what date that the Blues are going to trade for Kachuk. So we got to go back. We got to
1: find yeah. out that. Too I got to work my my backdoor channels <laughs> yes. on this.
0: Don't get excited. Ooh. Whoa. You know what? I would love if it is at all possible. Do you think that there would be a way that somehow in the off season that we could get Chief to join us? Yeah, absolutely. I am dying. Come
1: on for whatever we want. I would love to talk no, to him. He's going to probably leave town and we probably won't have him in studio, but we get him to call in and talk to him for a while.
0: I just, yeah. I, I tell you what, I have not, I don't think in my life loved a Blues coach like I love this guy. Yeah. And you see his speeches in between periods and after games and... I want to run through a brick wall tomorrow for that guy, so <laughs> I, would good just, there, man. I would just <laughs> a sign
2: I, of a good coach.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know you what know, I mean though as you know, he comes on the fast lane weekly and he's awesome with us, and he gives us little nuggets that other media members don't get and we get to kind of put it out there he's awesome i absolutely love chief i love him as a coach i loved him as a player except for when i played against him because mm. then i had to look over both shoulders all the time <laughs> um, but no that's something to talk we'll about right up. there but man
0: and you just talk about a guy that's and again we gonna wrap it up but you talk about a guy that is perfect for the city mm-hmm. perfect for the franchise perfect for everything i mean i feel like he's one of us you know what i mean well
1: yeah i mean if you put if you look at you know the city of St. Louis, and uh, this is something I learned quickly. It's very blue collar. Mm. I mean, even the people that there's a tremendous amount of money in this city, even those people are like blue collar. Like they got it I a mean, they got it in. I'm like, even though they might be cabillionaires, that they might just fight you in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, yeah so, right, absolutely. I'm like, yeah. So that's why guys like you know, like Twister Chaser, myself, other guys, Reed Low, Cam Jansen, like people gravitate to that kind of person here in St. Louis, and Chief. Oh, yeah, He's the ultimate leader of men, and he could also walk out on the ice and kick someone's ass in his dress shoes if he wanted. You're like, ah, okay, that's
0: my guy. Boom, sold. <laughs> and David Perron's going to be one of those guys that lives here after his career's over. Right? I mean you I mean, he just seems like he's going to be a St. Louis guy. I think guy. he'll be a coach.
1: I think he will go right from playing to coaching, and I think he'll be added to the St. Louis Blues oh, coaching staff or development staff. He loves the game. He loves the skills. He loves being out there. He's not going to be able to let that
0: go. Yeah, but he's got to win another Stanley Cup with us before he can return. Well, I didn't say it like next year. Yeah, right? just let him know. Let him know. <laughs> right, know. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. Send yeah. a message. I'll send him a text right now. For my homies, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, it is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. My name is Donnie Fandango. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, let's go blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals.